I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 154. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Danielle Hill of Neighborhood Dominion Lending Centers. She's been a broker for nine years. She's very organized. She has a very efficient team set up. And she talks about getting to inbox zero. And I've always felt like inbox zero is this mythical land that mortgage brokers never get to. But she's got a very good process for managing not only her time and her calendar, uh, but also getting to inbox zero. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. This episode is sponsored by AdLawAppraisals.com. They're a full-service real estate appraisal firm located in Vancouver, BC. They appraise residential and commercial properties throughout the Lower Mainland. And I did some background checking on Adam and the crew, and brokers tell me they're fast, efficient, and approved with most banks, credit unions, and even B-lenders. They have invested in various technologies to ensure quick turnaround times and keep you in the loop. Also, their executive home appraisal price doesn't kick in until $1.5 million, which keeps costs down for borrowers. In addition, rental estimates are included for free, and in all appraisals, and the first letter of transmittals is always on the house. AdLaw is a big supporter of our community. Check them out at adlawappraisals.com and mention ILMB50 to get a one-time $50 off any full-service appraisal. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Normally, when I have a sponsor for the show, it's because I personally use their product or service and I can give it a 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I actually don't do B deals. So I did some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West and I found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth, and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they're really fast. In most cases, they're able to give you an answer within 24 hours or less. If your broker is looking for a lender for your next B deal in BC or Alberta, check out Pioneer West and tell them you heard about them on I Love Mortgage Brokering. They've been a big supporter of our community. Check them out at PioneerWest.com. Hey, Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your business? I guess I've been in the business for about nine years. Prior to that, I was with the major bank for a couple of years. I started out as a teller and kind of moved into the financial advisory role. And so I guess in total in the, in the industry, probably for about 10 or 11 years. And so making the transition into brokering from at the bank, and especially from financial advisor to mortgage brokering. So how was that for you? It was great. I really enjoy spending the time speaking with clients and kind of having that bigger picture financial conversation. Um, and so I find even more on the mortgaging side, it's it's such an important conversation. That's really more of what I get into with clients. Right. So you just apply some of that financial planning language around your mortgage planning, essentially. Absolutely. You know, it's the, it's the biggest debt that most people are ever going to have. And so, you know, not only do we talk about their mortgage, but their investment piece. Right. So do you have any carry under the licenses other than a mortgage license? No, I do not. Okay. So you started in the mortgage business nine years ago. And so I ran into you at a conference and I heard people say, this girl is like killing it. You need to like talk to her. So this is why we're connected. So I'm excited to find out more about you. So tell me about, before we get into the rest of your story, tell me about a success quote that's really had an impact on your life or business. Um, I think one quote, and I, uh, I actually had a, a wall in my office that you can write on. And so one quote that I had up for a while was, uh, be brilliant at the basics. And I find that so often people just get caught up in, in doing everything that they 
literally forget the fundamentals, which is just, you know, calling people back, emailing people back in a timely manner, knowing your products and, you know, ultimately just doing the absolute very best for your clients. Right. So that's actually, I've never heard that quote before. Be brilliant at the basics. My wife would love it. So how do you apply that to your business? Like for me, the way I'm wired is I like, you know, novelty and new things. And so is that, are you wired that way? Or are you very like focused and disciplined that you can stick to the, you know, the simple things that actually make the biggest difference? I like to think I'm pretty focused and disciplined. I'm, I'm sure there's some areas but I find, you know, one of the biggest things is regardless of the time to be making sure that you're getting back to everybody on the same day. Um, I have been told so many times from clients that just that piece alone has been a big difference maker. Um, and I do time block replying back to emails to make sure that I don't get too booked up during the day so that even from an email standpoint, there can always be you know, at least that three or four hour turnaround time. Have you ever got to inbox zero? Absolutely. Yeah. So this is mythical place that I've heard of that I, I've, I'm hoping to visit one day. So, okay, tell me about how you time block email. Because I think as most mortgage brokers, you can be inundated with emails. So how are you managing that? And certainly we do. Like we get a, a ton of emails, you know, half of them are leads, half of them are people uh, sending in income documents and everything through piecemeal. So what I do generally like right now, I actually have printed calendar out in front of me. I do that for each day so that I can kind of schedule my day. And I have emails blocked off from 7.30 to 8.30 I have it again around 12. And then for today, I have it between 4.30 and 5.30. So will you check emails any other times or only at those times? I do. Like, obviously, if there's something urgent or, you know, you're waiting on a deal or, you know, there's something uh, really time sensitive, obviously, you're watching for it. And it's something where it's hard to discipline yourself that, you know, as you're seeing these emails come in, that you don't necessarily have to respond at that exact second. And I've really tried to learn to, you know, almost kind of shut it down, focus in on what I need to focus on, which is oftentimes working on uh, structuring a deal. And then I can go back to the emails. Right. Okay. So at these structured, at these set times, which you have written out in front of you, you jump into your email, you do your replying. The only like time that you don't do that is if let's say you're waiting on a something that's critical from a lender or subject removal and you're getting like that you jump on right away like that would be like mm -hmm. do, you, do you have some kind of like matrix in your mind that's like okay these ones I'll actually deal with right now if they come up but the rest I push off like how do you because I, I know for me because once I start so if I you know you get that one email that you have to respond to the underwriter so they can get you an approval mm -hmm. and you don't want to wait till like noon but then next thing you know I jump to the next email and I'm like oh this looks like an easy thing for me to answer and then next thing you know you're like well holy crap where did my day go right exactly and I found that starts to happen so often where you're like well I was was busy all day but now it's six o'clock and I don't really know what I got done and like the three files that I actually need to touch I didn't really touch Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's hard and we all know when there's urgent files on the go and we know what that means. So, you know, you're watching for those ones. Oftentimes I find, especially in today's environment, a lot of people are in firm when they're going in on deals, you know, so we don't necessarily have that same time constraint on the finance conditions and everything. Right. So, cause they've kind of already, <laughs> that's not even an option. Like we still get it. And obviously there's, mm -hmm. there's files that are urgent, but it's something that I, really try to do. Obviously, it's not perfect, but it certainly helped me to try to manage my emails and the amount that's coming in. Okay, I have a couple questions on this. I want to know, have you were you always this way? Were you always this structured? And then the second question is, what else does your day look like in terms of, okay, you got emails 
filled into your calendar? What if I were to look at that sheet on your desk? What else is on there that you're like, hey, these are the things that I kind of put on every day? Uh, so no, I have not always been this structured. I've tried to kind of play around with this email one a little bit. I would say it's relatively new, uh, especially over the last few months. But so far, it's really working out well for me. And then the other thing is just obviously you're structuring an appointments. I have kind of personal time in the morning. And then what I do is generally on the side, like if I make a commitment that you know, I'm going to get back to somebody on the same day, uh, or I tell them I will call them back with an answer, then I always write that down. And I make sure that everything is crossed off before I leave at the end of the day. Okay. And so do you run this all on pay, like a, a paper calendar? I know that it seems like these things kind of do matter because I find for me, I use a lot of digital calendars. But again, I log in to go check my calendar. Next thing you know, I'm like, holy crap, I'm where did I go? It's almost like you just, you know, because your computer can go anywhere. So I like the idea of the simplicity of writing things down. Okay, so you, you write down your, your map out your day, what other things you map out you're also the people you have to call? Is that all written down somewhere in your on your desk? Yeah, so what I do is so I we have Outlook, my team has access to my calendar. And so what I have found that has worked for me personally, is, you know, in the mornings, I come in, I'm generally the only one here in the office, first thing, I print out my day, I can take a look at it ahead of time, really figure out, you know, what is something that I really need to make sure happens today, I can kind of highlight that. And then I have my own kind of personal time ready to figure out what do I really need to accomplish today. And then as things go on, I can just kind of add it in. Right. Okay. So you and you give some slack. It's not like every minute is scheduled. Do you ever schedule phone calls with clients? I found that for me, I've been doing a lot of that. And I found it to be helpful to actually instead of the phone tag, because you call them like, so how are you managing that? Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I love scheduling phone calls, even my assistant, she'll schedule phone calls for me as well. You know, I always try to reach out to people right away. But then oftentimes you do end up playing phone tag. And so eventually it gets just to sending them an email saying, okay, let me know when is a good time to reach out and I will do my very best to call you at that time. Right. That's actually a good way to put it. Like I'll do my very best so that it's not like, hey, 100% because if you get stuck on another call, sometimes that's happened to me. I'll schedule calls too tight. And then it's like, oh, crap, I'm like trying to wrap up a call to get to the next one. Mm -hmm. It's a good, good language to use. Okay, so. I love that quote, stick to the basics. And email is one of those things that can definitely overwhelm you as a mortgage broker. So can you share something that you failed at, but now that looking back, there was a lesson in it for you? Just something in particular that you, you know, looking back, you're like, oh, this was a really valuable lesson that I got from it, even though I maybe didn't see it at the time. There was one file where, you know, pretty early on, I ended up missing an appraisal. And so, you know, that, you know, obviously that's an important detail. And, you know, because of that, it, forced me to try to come up with new systems to say, okay, you know, obviously that happened. So you, what do you mean by you missed an appraisal? Like you forgot to order it? Closing was coming up. I think we still had like three weeks or so, but the reality is that the appraisal wasn't ordered and that just can't happen. Uh -huh. And so, you know, we fixed it and everything was fine, but then to go back and say, okay, how do we make sure that details like that never get missed? especially when you're handling volume. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that was kind of the start of coming up with some key systems. And for us, one that we did put in place was using Google Docs, where we will literally then outline all of our leads and all of the deals that we have on the go. Right. So you do like a Google Sheet or something? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, the great part about Google Sheets is the fact that it's collaborative in nature. Mm -hmm. So you can you can use it, your team can use it. So I, I love it. We use it for lots of different things too. So yeah, that's a great point because that's happened to me before. You know, forget about the and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got, you know, all this time went by and we could have easily dealt with it. But 
because you didn't have a system to catch it. But that's always usually how you keep making your system better is finding those areas that kind of where it breaks down and then go back and and build a better process, right? Yeah. And now I like I don't I don't even know how I managed before without all the Google Sheets and everything. Like it was that was the key and that's really what started it was sitting back of saying, wow, how do I make sure that that never happens? Mm-hmm. That's good. Can you think of anything else like an area where something broke and then you went and built a better system for it? I think a lot of it, you know, comes down to, you know, getting back to people quickly. And it's, you know, with all of the deals and every single one is different, but it's coming up with all of the documentation and just making sure that you have all the details and everything crossed off. Sometimes I found with purchases, you know, if you have a lot of purchases that are all closing around the same time, just managing all of that. Um, So again, that's really where we've integrated with the Google Sheets mm-hmm. to make sure that we are like we'll track everything by closing date, right? To make sure that the fastest purchases coming up, those are all dealt with right away. Right, so you're not leaving them to the last like minute or anything. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, do you have a, a morning routine that you live by, or what happens when you get up in the morning, and how do you prepare for your day? I'm a morning person, love the mornings, so I generally wake up around four thirty. Oh wow. It's been a work in progress. So I've slowly kind of been moving my clock back to get it to the point where it was 4.30, but now I am there. So 4.30, I wake up. I generally read for a little bit. I like to catch up on news and just kind of what's going on in the markets as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I do that. And then generally around 5.30, I go to the gym. I then get ready at the gym. And then from there, I come into the office and I'm usually sitting at my desk by about quarter after seven. Okay. What kind of gym do you go to? Uh, I just go to the Y. Okay, cool. I've been doing a lot of hiking in the morning. So I find that that's nice. been just a, you know, depending on the time of year. Okay. So one of the things I've noticed talking to a lot of successful mortgage brokers is there's three kind of parts. There's leads sort of where your business comes from. There's your team and then your systems, which we, we touched on briefly there. So I just want to ask about um, on the lead side, where does your business come from? Like if you were to say a breakdown of like clients, realtors, like what's the mix look like for you? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of changed over the years as well with where my focus has been. When I was first getting going, I was doing a ton of different networking events. I would go to something just about every night. Uh And so, you know, that's kind of where it started. And then at one point I was in a Keller Williams office. And so I had a ton of leads coming in from realtors because I was doing all kinds of lunch and learns and really interfacing with all the realtors. Uh But I would say the majority of business comes through referrals. Okay. And referrals, like, is that from client referrals, like realtor referrals? It's a lot of, I would say it's a lot of client referrals. It's a lot of people now circling back because they're planning on making a move, getting a lot of coworkers, friends, other family members. And then there is still that piece uh, that comes from realtors. Do you do any outside marketing or anything? No, I do not. You obviously have a big client base. If you knew this for a while, do you have anything for your clients, like your past clients? Do you have any sort of processes to kind of wow them? Um, so we have different kind of touch points that end up going out. Like we absolutely reach out to our clients each year. I really try to make phone calls out to the clients each year as well, just to kind of touch base and see how they're doing. If there's anything that we can help with, Uh we'll do that. We're, we do a movie day for families. So we'll often get a pretty good turnout. How many people will come to one of those? We just kind of started that up again. And so this year, I think we got about 120 people. Uh But in previous years, when we were doing it as well, we were able to get a good couple hundred. 
Oh, well. Yeah, I've heard some other brokers doing those and having good success with them. Mm-hmm. So movie days, calls to your clients, any other stuff that you're doing to like, because I've cause I've talked to some mortgage brokers, you're not one of them, but they've been in the business nine years and they're still out chasing, you know, they don't know where the next deal's coming from because they haven't really put any kind of systems in place. So I'm just curious what sort of things you're doing. Obviously doing a good job is the number one. That's sort of like the key thing is serve your clients, get back to them. And then that's going to generate, you know, lots of um, repeat business, I guess. Was there any other things that are that you're doing? Well, I think that's key. Like uh, I have a lot of people that reach out to me because they're still waiting for somebody else to get back to them. Mm -hmm. So I think just kind of that piece alone really helps. And then, like I said, so we have kind of our back end where we have the automatic emails going out for each annual renewal. Then we start reaching out or sorry, I guess kind of for each year. And then we start reaching out for the renewals. I also start making all the phone calls for the renewals about six months prior we have birthday emails that end up going out and then we'll start kind of blasting for for the movie day as well. Right. That's awesome. So then in terms of a team, so who's on your team and sort of what does everybody do? Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a small team of the three of us as kind of our, our main production team. And so there's myself as the agent. And then I have Mary Beth, where she does more of our getting the documents ready. She'll order all of our appraisals. She answers a lot of the phone calls and she does a lot of the back and forth with clients if we need any more pay stubs or any other income documents or anything. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a full-time underwriter, uh, Debbie, where once I have a deal and I've kind of structured it off, I've already had the meeting with the client, then I'll send it off to Debbie and then she'll be the one that really dives into all the income, make sure that everything is really clean and ready to go. And she'll do all the interfacing with the lenders. Right. Does she talk to clients? No. Okay. So she's on the lender side. And then Mary Beth will talk to clients to gather anything that she needs. Okay. At, at one point, we had it kind of passed around a little bit more. And I find that clients get confused. They don't know who their contact is. So I personally have found this worked a little bit better that from a client standpoint, they really see it as Mary Beth and I. And then obviously we know that Debbie's in the background. Right. Okay. So how did you come up with that that particular structure of your team? Was that organic or did you pick that up from somebody? You know what? It's just been a work in progress. You know, and like I said, you know, at one point we had more people. I had at one point I had two assistants and found things just kind of got a little bit confusing. It's just been a, a work in progress of saying, you know, why don't we try structuring like this? And at the at this point, it seems to be working well. Mm-hmm. There's actually some really big coaching programs in the U.S. that this is almost identical to how they coach to set up your team. So it's kind of funny. I was like, okay, did you just discover this by trial and error? Or did you actually learn it? Because this is a similar, you know, they would call it like you're like the salesperson, then Mary Beth, Bicca, a loan partner one, uh, which is somebody who kind of deals with documents and, and that side. And then a loan partner two is somebody who has underwriting skill and, and can deal with that side of it. And so that's interesting. I'm sure I've picked it up as well, just from, you know, asking so many different people how they structure their teams and different coaching events and conferences and all of that stuff. It's probably just been a combination of all of that. Right. And then trial. But the thing, the reality is, this is a really good system. It does work. So then it's not, I'm not surprised that, you know, you've kind of either stumbled into it and then you're like, oh, this seems to be working. And if these other high volume teams are using a similar setup, then I can see why. So in terms of systems, so you mentioned that you use Google Docs. So what is there any other like software? How do you keep all of the pieces? Because it's very easy. You got a team, 
stuff can fall between the cracks and appraisal can get missed. So you're using Google Docs, are you using anything else to kind of manage that part of the business? Yeah, so we have a couple different things that we use. So Google Docs is our main one. We have a team phone call every morning at 8.30. And so at that time, we all conference in, three of us, and we run through every deal that we have on the go. That's how we make sure that we're all on the same page. So obviously deals can change quickly. And so that gives us our chance that everybody has a really good idea as to what we need. to. How long does that take? I would say it generally goes from 830 to 9. You know, when we get into the peak of the season, kind of July, and we've got a heavy pipeline, then sometimes it can go into like 915. There's a problem file, you know, maybe 930. But I would say that's a max. Okay, so that's a really great idea actually to keep the communication lines between the three of you open. So is there anything else you guys are doing to keep the process going nice and smooth? Yeah. So from there, um, that's kind of how we end up touching base. Everybody knows, you know, what we're focusing on for that day. Mary Beth and I, we have, cause uh, we're virtual. So Mary Beth and I, we use the app Wonderlist. It's a free app. And so when we're going through our morning meeting and we're saying, okay, well, we need to touch base with this client or we need to do that. We've got this ongoing running list. And, you know, so between the two of us, as we're checking things off, we can literally just check it off wonder list and then, you know, we'll know where, we, where each other stands. Is that the list that you're telling me about? Is that where you would put down the people you need to call during the day or is that written down somewhere? Is that somewhere else? All of that stuff really goes into Wonderlist. You know, if there's something that I personally really need to do, then I kind of just all write it down on my own list. But anything that goes up on Wonderlist really is the main stuff. And Mary Beth will often get through that entire list really uh, before I do. Okay. So some of the stuff you could do it or she could do it, but it's a list you both use. And then whoever gets to it first just hammers through it. Yeah, absolutely. And generally, she kind of hammers through that list first. Okay. That's really good. So then what is the best business advice you've ever received? Probably to pick something and be consistent with it. Who told you that? Or did that's just something you picked up from? I think that's a combination of some top producers. I've been told just to kind of stay steady in the business and just to stay in. Mm -hmm. The longevity alone in the business will create referrals because people often circle back and say, you know, are, are you still doing this? Mm -hmm. But to, you know, to pick something and be consistent with it. If you go to a conference to pick your one thing and implement it. Right. That's good. That's really good. So can you share one thing about yourself that you can't find on Google? I don't think you can find out much about myself on Google. I'm not really online, which is something I'm also starting to work on. So then you could be pretty much anything you could tell me. And I'd be like, yeah, it's not on Google. So I love outdoors. Uh, a couple years ago, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, wow. And, you know, one of my big things is like travel and just exploring the world. Right. Absolutely love it. And hiking. You like hiking? Love hiking. All of that kind of stuff. Anything outdoors, I would be all over. Right. That's awesome. So I'm going to move some rapid fire questions. You can answer the shorter answers if you like. So what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Probably their mindset. Okay. And what's one thing or habit you think has made you successful? Being consistent. Right. It's, it's such a critical thing. And what's one software or app you can't live without? So you've mentioned a Wonderlist, the Google Docs. Is there anything else? What do you guys use for a CRM? We have a couple like DLC has a CRM. So we use that one and, uh, and Jungo. 
has been great to keep the realtors and clients uh, up to date at the same time with our deal flow. Okay. How long have you been using Jungo? For a couple years now. Okay. So are you pretty proficient with it? I would say I could use it at a much higher level, but right now I primarily use it for deal flow in terms of keeping all of our clients and everybody up to date. And I had them customize it for me. And then I personally wrote all the templates. Oh, that's really good. So if you could recommend one book for a listener, what would it be? On a business level, I would say The Compound Effect. On a personal finance level, The Millionaire Next Door. Yeah, they're both good. Okay, so this is the last question. Remember the movie Back to the Future? Yeah. So remember the DeLorean, the car, travel in time? So if I could send you back nine years and you could be like, Danielle, I'm gonna, you can go give yourself some like insider tips. What three things would you tell yourself so that you could have a bigger, you know, badder business today? And your business is pretty big, so you're going to have to really think. <laughs> And you're doing a lot of things right. Oh, thank you. I think one of the biggest lessons that just took me some time is, um, you know, not to let this business take over your life. And that's something that I'm, you know, I'm still personally working through. It's been a shift, I would say, in the last couple of years. But this business, you know, you can work all hours of the day. And if you're willing to work all hours of the day, people will... They'll gladly keep you busy, right? Absolutely. Like a client will gladly come in at 8.30 at night and only you can put boundaries around that and only you can respect your own time. So, okay, well, that would be one thing. So you'd basically, okay, be more, have some boundaries on your time. What would be the second thing you tell yourself? I probably would have gotten into a real estate office earlier. I think that, you know, that really kind of boosted a lot of business. And um, I, I, yeah, I probably would have done that sooner. Okay. Any other tips? Invest in yourself. That's, you know, it's oftentimes going to conferences and, and stuff. It can be quite expensive, but some of the best learning and coaching that I've done has been going to those different things. And when you go commit and truly be there. And when you come back, pick your couple of things implemented and actually, you know, put it into motion. One of the worst things you could do is go to a conference and then literally put the book on a shelf and, and not, not do, do anything that. with it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what, if I look at the, your business structure, your morning meetings that you do, that's something that, that a lot of the big teams do as well. And so you've obviously figured out organically or through, you know, pick going through different events and then, but you've actually continued to do them, which is the key, right? So the consistency, you got the great system, but you got to do it every day in order for it to build a big business. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to implement new things. So that's why we say, you know, pick one, decide, you know, I'm going to start time blocking or, you know, I'm going to run, start running my morning meeting, or I'm going to start waking up early to, you know, go work out something like that. But if you pick something and get that into the routine, then you know, a couple months down the road, once that's steady, then you can pick your second thing. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Well, where can people find you online, Daniel? Well, on uh, within our franchise, you know, our website at ndlc.ca. Um, or if people ever wanted to reach out, they could always give me a call or just send me an email at danielle at ndlc.ca. Okay, awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time, Danielle. And I know that you're going to continue to crush your business. And and I'm, I'd like to circle back with you maybe another year or so and see what you've got cooking. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.